Hazel, Cannon, it's Zach. Uh, so the two things I remember about Scooby-Doo 2 is one during the scene where they're drinking the potions and Shaggy drinks one that gives him a Lay's body and then he gets really big bazongas and then he drinks another one and he's like super buff. And I remember being a little kid and being really confused, but also everything felt really right. <laughs> so that was one thing. The other thing was that if you watch all the way to the end and Scooby says, Game Boy Advance secret code. Like I actually had the Scooby-Doo 2 game and I put in the code and literally all it does is give you like a five second scene where they take off Heather's mask and it's Dr. Jacobo. Like it's literally just the ending of the movie. So I don't know what the point of the code was exactly, but I did it. So there you go. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, 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 guess who it is? Frequent stop, frequent commenter of the Zillennial canon, Jillian Aaron Oakley. That's right. You get to know my middle name now. <laughs> and I'm also here with. Brained in the heart. Hello. <laughs> what memory do we have? Tell your memory. Okay, um, I don't have, like, a concrete memory, but I do have a thing where um, I would watch this in my living room, and the living room was connected, I was, like, 10, uh, living room was connected to the kitchen, and in the kitchen there was this pantry that was, like, I, I always thought was very creepy. It was, like, this one, like, a broom closet kind of thing, and it, it was that size. And um, the couch, the back of it, faced this pantry, and I remember watching Scooby-Doo 2, on like some fucking channel somewhere and uh the vomit man would show up the one who vomits the green one who's like vomits all over the news reporter right and when that happened i was so otherworldly scared of him i i thought he was going to come out of the pantry and come get me so throughout the rest of the movie i looked back at the pantry and i just kept like genuinely imagining the vomit man coming out and vomiting on me in that way that like you imagine, you think it's actually kind of happening to you or you can genuinely picture it because you're so young and your imagination's that wild and it just it scared the shit out of me and um I have like a body reaction to him whenever I see him. So that's my piece. Okay. Um my memory is that I I I was a little young gay kid and I owned this on VHS. As a kid, and I would watch this movie because I was a little young gay kid, and it was gay for Linda Carton, Car I, and whatever. Thank you. That's it. You're welcome for the memory. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Watch Hoobie Halloween. Okay, bye. <laughs> Okay, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Didn't see it, won't see it. The linear canon can change my mind, but will they? Time will tell.
everybody. Welcome back to... Ooh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Again, I didn't prepare an intro. This is the Zillennial Canon. I'm Kira. And I'm... Ooh, Adam. <laughs> and welcome back to Matthew Lillard Month. Yeah. <laughs> was... Oh, I was like, wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It is currently 11.15 p.m. on a Tuesday. So in case you guys were wondering why we're like this, it's because we exclusively record at like 11 p.m. on weekdays. Which is why, like, nobody get offended. This is why we don't have guests, because I don't want to force anybody into recording with us at 11 p.m. But if you're down for that, just... (laughs) You're a real friend. See, the thing is, like, with this pod, I'm pretty sure the only time I want to talk about these movies is, like, super late at night. Yeah. So, like, it's my perfect vibe, but, like, I can't fault anyone else for having a fucking life. Yeah, basically. Like, we should be asleep right now. Like, I have to get up so early in the morning, but, like, when I get up early in the morning, I spend that time editing. So, you know, it's just a zillennial life. What can I say? (laughs) <laughs> that should be one of our stickers. It's a zillennial uh, life. It's a zillennial kind of moment. Yeah. Um, um, the moment being, twelve hours from now, I'm going to be sitting in a class. <laughs> <laughs> from here until then is zillennial moment. Just for the um, sake of Scoobert Dubert. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say something. I don't remember. Okay. You were just talking like five seconds ago. How did you already forget? No, I was going to say something else. Um, ab- oh. oh, I was going to make a stupid joke. I go on. Sorry. I mean, you you have to. You make were it talking now. about the vibes and it being late at night. And I was going to say. <laughs> Nick at night. Uh, what is it? It's like whiskey, Adderall, diesel oh. jeans. <laughs> and Scooby-Doo 2 monsters unleashed. <laughs> That's our vibe. <laughs> that vine. <laughs> uh, Velma in this movie be like whiskey, <laughs> leather, leather pants. Hot chip and lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you guys haven't guessed by now and just randomly plus, like, press play on the episode, we are talking uh, Scoobert Dubert 2 colon Monsters Unleashed. Um, and the monsters have been unleashed with this one. That's it for the... <laughs> <laughs> the monsters unleashed. <laughs> Bye, guys. Dick out. Monsters unleashed. <laughs> Velma titters. Out. <laughs> I laugh so fucking hard in this movie, like, when she's wearing, like, the leather thing, and then, like, she, like, pulls her sweater back up after Seth Green leaves. I miss that. What the heck? Like, she has her, like, titters out. and That's like, so funny. Yeah, she just pulls her sweater back up over the, uh, over this, like, the leather thing. It's so fucking funny. Well, we'll discuss more about Velma and Seth Green in a few in, minutes. In titters. Adam. <laughs> so I just, I like having an excuse to say that. Because... It's so funny. It's what are your like, memories of Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed? Um, my memories with this movie, um, I saw it just like the first movie. I saw it like at an early screening when I was a kid. Um, I just, like I remember it was like the same kind of thing. I went to like a 10 a.m. like 
sneak preview. You saw both of them in early screenings? Yeah, because my mom, like, she primarily got tickets for Disney movies and, um, like, uh, what is this? Warner Brothers. Don't know why I'm mm-hmm. blanked on that. Um, because she had, like, a friend that worked at Radio Disney. And oh, yeah. Then she had another friend who worked at the newspaper, like, the local newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got tickets for, like, Warner Brothers and sometimes Universal movies. Um, so, like, that was those were like kind of the movies that I went to see screenings the most of as a kid. Um, and I got tickets for this one, and I was like, I just remember being super excited. Like, I remember my mom's friend got her like six tickets or something, and like, I had a few friends come with me. And like, I remember like watching the first one like the night before and mm-hmm. just being like so jazzed to go out to see it. And um, I told Mia this last night when we were watching it. Um, that I think even though I might prefer the first movie, I was realizing as this one was starting that I think I have more memories with this one. Um, just because like it starts like the first 20 minutes, like I like as it was happening, I knew it like line for line, like what they were going to say, because I remember it so well. And I just think I watched it so much as a kid, like even more than the first movie. So, yeah, those are my memories with it. Um, I feel like I can't remember, like, the context in which I, like, watched this movie. Like, I don't think I had it on DVD. I think I just had the first one. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I was watching it, I remember, like, specific, like, images. Like, I remembered, like, the image of, like, the thumbprint thing and, like, them getting stuck in, like, that sphere. And, um, like, the museum in the beginning and things like that. It was um, fucking terrifying when I was, like, eight years old, the museum. Yeah, we'll talk about that though. It's a really cool scene. Wait, can I just since you didn't have the DVD, this has like one of my favorite like tropes for a kid's DVD in the mid two thousands, where it has a different color than the usual black DVD. It has like slime green like cover, like around the like the op like the case. So it's I had not... my my copy of the first one is like that, where it's like the it's like the papery cover. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it's, like, that latch that you, like, snap open. Yeah. And, like, the plastic edges are green. I don't know if I've, I don't know if I had the first one on DVD, because I think I actually had it on VHS. Like, now that I thought about it for, like, a week after recording the last episode. Mm-hmm. But I know for sure that I had the second one, because I know VHSs, like, weren't made after, like, a certain year. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they were, you couldn't, like, really get them that easily. So, like... I remember for sure, like, begging my mom to get Scooby-Doo 2 for me at CVS. Like, when mm-hmm. we, <laughs> we talked about that last week, but I... The counter. Yeah, like, the counter. It was either, like, CVS or Walgreens. Like, one of the two. Um, I always get, like, get them mixed up. But um, I remember, like, begging her for it, like, when she was just fucking, like, who knows what she was buying. But, like, she, I'm just like, can I please get one Scooby-Doo-Bert? <laughs> um... And I think I watched this so many times. Like, I had this habit when I was a kid where, like, I would just watch one movie 80 times and then move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And then I would never watch that movie again until this podcast. Um, and this was definitely one of those movies. Like, I would come home off the school bus and just, like, play it, you know? Yeah. Like, not even, like, fully watching it. Just, like, doing homework. But I'd have it on, like, right in front of me. <laughs> This movie, watching it tonight, really resonated with me, especially recently, and the fact that a lot of the conflict in it comes from imposter syndrome. 
I'm I'm glad that uh, <laughs> I'm glad that you could find a relatability in this movie, Kira. Yeah. Also, <laughs> never mind. There. Oh, okay. Um, there is. <laughs> I was gonna there... say also Seth Green, but we'll get to that. Oh Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> I I the only like note that I mentally took for this movie because I think I like have some stuff to say, but the only note I took mentally was when those two dumb skeleton bitches were just like fucking around the world. That's literally like, us. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like that's <laughs> Oh, okay, good. Yeah. I, I thought playing. you were actually gonna say something and I'm glad we both had the same shitty thing to say. <laughs> no, like <laughs> those bitches are us. <laughs> <laughs> they're just literally like blah, 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 and like smashing their head through walls and they're like gooey. <laughs> yeah. They're gooey. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> like they have like gooey eyes. Like their whole head is like a gooey eye, and they just like smash their head through walls. You know what that reminds me of? That's also a very zillennial image. What? Did you have like Tony Hawk's pro skater? Wait, what? Oh no, wait, no, it was Guitar Hero. I couldn't remember if it was Tony Hawk's pro skater or Guitar Hero. One of them is like a loading screen that has like an eyeball. <laughs> I. It sounds more like I'm Tony telling Hawk. you right now. Okay, I have no memories from childhood at all. Like it's like no like concrete memories. It's just like images like that and like all these like dumbass movies that we talk about every week. <laughs> but that you remember an eyeball from either Guitar Hero or Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I think it was two. I think it's weird because that sounds more like Tony Hawk than Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. But I have played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 so many times, and I don't remember that, so I'm hesitant to say it is. It would have but... been the second one. I no, get... I had... no, wait, 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 wait. 3. It was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 that I played, I think. I might have not played Maybe. that one. I... That's when I kind of like dipped on video games when the third one came out. I'm going to look up Tony Hawk Eyeball. She's going to like show pictures of his actual eye, like... You know how there's like foot fetishes? It's gonna like have a eyeball. Uh, no, heart emoji. Oh wait, maybe it was two. I didn't yeah. have a PlayStation two. Yeah, I'm it sure was this two. Is riveting for everyone listening. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out some Tony Hawk memories as a child. Um, oh. yeah, <gasps> it was the NeverSoft logo, um, and it was the eyeball. And I remember it because it was also on the Spider-Man PS1 game, which I also played. Oh, wait, (laughs) wait, wait, wait wait a fucking minute. Like, okay. Finally, something has come of some dumbass shit that we've said on here. Like, finally, like, we have put two and two together on something. I'm looking at, like, their games right now. And it's because it's all of it. Like, they developed both of them, like, uh, Guitar Hero and Tony Hawk. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. The eyeball was in both Guitar Hero and Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And it was in the original Spider-Man game, which I also owned. Yeah, I had that. Yeah, so, Um, damn. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I forgot you could unlock Spider-Man and Tony Hawk. Wait, I didn't know this. You didn't know that? It was like a cheat code. Oh my god. No, I did not know that, but now I want to, like, go on eBay and get that, like, the old version of it. Yeah. Because uh, I oh actually God. did that a few years, or like last year. I, I think I think I told you about this, but I I literally like bought a GameCube off of eBay, mm-hmm. and I bought um, Disney's uh, Extreme Skate Adventure, like mm-hmm. all for like sixty bucks. 
Um, and it was the best purchase I think I've ever made in my life. Just so I could feel something for like a week. I wish I could, uh, my Wii actually died recently. And, uh, Do they still sell yeah. Wiis? Like in stores? Um, I mean, kind like, they like shut down like the Wii shop and everything. So you can't really like use it for much. And I have a Wii U so I could play my Wii games. But the thing was, my Wii was like where I played my GameCube games. Uh-huh. Um, so I have like all these amazing GameCube games, including like Battle for Bikini Bottom. <laughs> And the Shark Tale game. <laughs> nice. And I have nowhere to play them. Um, so, yeah. Just go like you on know. eBay. You'll probably find like a really cheap one on there. Yeah, I mean, it's like the thought that... It's like the thought of it. The fact that my Wii died on me. Um, oh, I mean... It happens sometimes. Yeah. Uh, um, but my PlayStation 1, I had it... Like, it held out for so long. Like, my brother has a PS3. We never had a PS2. We just have... We had a PS1 for, like, our whole lives. Um, that is and... not... That's not Zillennial Energy. Zillennial Energy is having a PS2 for, like... We were a Nintendo years. family. That's so... I can't even <laughs> imagine that. That's so... What are you back- talking about? PlayStation 2 is, like, the cornerstone of Zillennial canon, I think. Yeah, I had a PlayStation 1. No, PlayStation 2 is, like... Well, I, like, wasn't... Like, like we didn't play, like, inappropriate games. And inappropriate games. <laughs> Nintendo was was family-friendly. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it's just, like, me being, like, a boy or whatever, but, like... We got my... the Shadow the Hedgehog game, and it was rated T, and it had and to be, like, checked over. And this is still the most intense game Kira has ever played in her life. <laughs> I never played it. I don't fuck with Sonic. Jesus Christ. Um, he moves too fast, and I didn't know I had like astigmatism until like five years ago. I think my most, like maybe top five, like most Zillennial memories that I've ever had is uh, when I went to GameStop when I was like 10 or 11, and I had my mom buy me Grand Theft Auto for PlayStation 2, um, mm. San Andreas, and. Um, uh, Vice City Stories, and there's like another one, Liberty City, I think it's called. And like, because I like begged her for it, and she just found like used ones at the store. Like, it came to like a total of like $30 for three games, which is like fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, I remember, like, if any of you listening have gone through this, you know my pain. But like, when a GameStop employee has to read the content of a rated M game to your mother if you're underage. And it's like, yeah, this game's rated M for nudity, violence, <laughs> murder, murder, theft, grand theft, and auto. <laughs> grand theft and auto, all of them. Yeah, He's that like, game is what, that's like what I most associate with uh, PlayStation 2. And I always thought that game was like illegal until like. It should be, honestly. Five like, years ago. I'm I'm honestly not convinced at this point that me and everyone else that bought that at a young age were not put on a terrorist watch list. Like <laughs> that <laughs> like the amount of like carnage that I've inspired on Grand Theft Auto is unmatched. And I feel like a lot of listeners can relate because that game I feel like so many of us like just played that at too young of an age. But yeah, it's I played it for the first members. time probably like six or seven years ago which is like crazy to say because i feel like a child um 
but yeah, it had to be like six years ago. But <laughs> I Did played you play the new one first. or like the old one? Uh, I guess it was new. Um, I think it was new, like it was new at the time. It was like six years ago. But I played it for the first time, and like the point of that game is that you could just like run around and do whatever you want, right? Yeah, literally. Like you can steal yeah. any car. You can like literally. So. Like, I was like having the time of my life driving on the wrong side of the road and like <laughs> my ex kept getting mad at me. <laughs> Why? That's what you do. Because I wasn't GTA. driving right. <laughs> That's what you do on GTA. You don't just exactly you, you, you <laughs> anyway. don't drive correctly on GTA. Like what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, um yeah, but I always associated that game with PlayStation 2 and I was like that should be illegal. Nobody should be allowed to play that game. So we only had Nintendo, which I'm fine with. And we had PlayStation 1. That died. My mom got rid of the games, obviously, because we didn't have a system pl- to play it on. But from the pile of games that she got rid of, I just, like, just to have it in my hands forever, I stole Crash Bandicoot Racing. <laughs> <laughs> and my brother stole Tony Hawk. So Pro Skater yeah. 2. Um, so anyway, the eyeball, the Neversoft logo. I'm glad we did, went on that little. Did we go to that topic because of the eyeballs in this movie? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. So, yeah. like, what were they skeletons of? Like, did they ever? Exp- are they just like what They're creature? Skeletons had- of us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I was like, that's literally us, and it's that Twitter meme where it's like what bitches think they look like, and it's me and you, like, thinking we look like Scooby and Shaggy, what they really Mm -hmm. look like. The two fucking skeletons. (laughs) The two fucking skeletons. Yeah. They, uh... They're, uh... They're a modern-day Abbott and Costello, I think. I really enjoyed them (laughs) in this movie. (laughs) Just... Just two stupid motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Just two stupid motherfuckers. (laughs) um so the movie opens uh a pov flying through a bad cgi city is zillennial canon like it feels like a 4d movie um feels like a universal ride yeah like half rendered um the the titles like the um opening credits are just like zooming around and like bright green um that's a zillennial canon moment and i just love to see in bright slime green seth green tim blake nelson and alicia silverstone (laughs) um that you know that meme where it's like beyonce when yeah. I saw that Tim Blake Nelson was Tim Blake like, Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson? <laughs> <laughs> I literally have a question mark after. I have Seth Green in all caps with exclamation point. Alicia Silverstone? Question mark. Tim Blake Nelson in all caps? Question mark. <laughs> He's in like two scenes in this movie, and I'm just glad he got his paycheck, honestly. Yeah, but... he's credited like before Alicia Silverstone, which she's not in it a lot, but she's like good in it. Like, you know. Yeah, like, um, I forgot that her name in Clueless was Cher. Mm-hmm. So, like, last <laughs> night when me and Mia were watching, she's like, Cher's in this movie? I'm like, where? She's like, the yeah, reporter. Sure. I'm like, that's Alicia Silverstone. She's like, no, you dumb bitch. <laughs> one time, 
<laughs> One time I was talking about not being able to drive and a friend was like, oh, like share is like your whole like personality or whatever. Like your whole like identity is like just share. And I was like, Cher doesn't know how to drive. <laughs> what a queen. <laughs> Out of her whole life, she never learned how to drive. <laughs> I thought it was like the Cher, not Cher Horowitz. But yeah. Yeah, I, um, I forget. But yeah. Um, what I was going to say about uh, Alicia Silverstone in this movie is uh, pack it up, Courtney Cox, and scream. <laughs> you know for real like she's like the same exact like kind of i don't know exactly the same like just same kind of like seedy journalist except Mm -hmm. spoiler alert it's she is the bad guy like yeah which i I actually forgot that because i remembered the twist of the first movie when i was watching it but Mm -hmm. i forgot who it was in this movie when i was watching it yeah same Um, so I was kind of like, as it was going on, I'm like, okay, I'm actually like kind of guessing. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. who is it? Like, because I was like, I don't think it's Alicia Silverstone because I don't remember it being that. And mm-hmm. I was just, I was just fucking wrong. Like, I for some reason thought it yeah. was um, just Tim Blake. Like, I thought it was just Tim Blake Nelson. Period. I forgot he was under the. Map. <laughs> but I thought like he just like escaped, and there's like some story about like how he survived. It's Tim Blake Nelson's face under Alicia Silverstone, under a mask of Alicia Silverstone, which is funny that they pulled off that visual. Like uh, they only kind of did it in the first movie with Scrappy, um, like it was a robot, but in this one they went full mask with it, which I admire. Mm-hmm. Um, I would honestly love to see a modern day Scooby movie do that again, just like Mission Impossible. Like <laughs> Wolf Blitzer. Yeah, literally. Did you see his thing with Nancy Pelosi today? No, I didn't. It's so fucking funny. She's I'm I'm good. <laughs> it's just he's like just he's just like saying like what about the people? And she's like, We're taking care of them. And he's just like, Okay, but like you're not. <laughs> like it's I don't know. It, I thought it and was And then funny. he took off his mask. <laughs> And then it was uh, Simon Pegg. And the walls fell down. (laughs) Tom Cruise was behind a a window. Have you seen the set pictures for Mission Impossible 6? Or 7? I think so, yeah. With Wolf Blitzer on set with them. Yeah, he's gonna be... uh, He's actually replacing Jeremy Renner's character in the franchise, so... That's pretty cool, honestly. Honestly, Yeah, pretty dope. Um... I cannot tell you that was probably the most exciting scene to watch in a movie theater of all time because everybody that was in the theater was so what? Wolf Blitzer. Yeah, because everyone in the theater. Okay. (laughs) No, like everyone in the theater was so excited to be there, and like I haven't seen a Mission Impossible movie in theater since I was younger. Um, and it was like opening night, and when that scene happened, and when they like pulled off the mask, everyone was like, "Yeah." And then yeah, it was like the opening credits. Like everyone was legitimately going feral. Like I cannot tell you that was the best experience I've ever had in a movie theater. Every single thing that happened, people were just like screaming. It was amazing. I'm gonna watch that again after we're done recording. Literally, like I'm gonna watch all of that. <laughs> I don't care that I have to be up at seven thirty. Um, I. 
yeah, you just reignited that in me. Like, I just need to rewatch it. But I don't know. Like, I'm, I always, like, love how we get from, like, Scooby fucking do to, like, <laughs> shit impossible. Scooby fucking do. <laughs> Scoobert fucking do. Scoobert fucking doobert. <laughs> Oh, speaking of names, um, in this movie, Shaggy's first name is Norville. What? They call him Norville Shaggy Rogers. Wait, I'm looking this up. Like they yeah. just like, added a name. Like what? Like first they added Rogers as his last name. Well, to be fair, then, I think that's canon, like in the cartoons too. Like I don't think that's where did Norville come from? Norville Shaggy Roger. Well, to be fair, I don't think his fucking parents, you know, got him out of the cooch and it was like Shaggy. Full name, Norville Rogers. <laughs> Gender, male, family. His father is Samuel Colton Rogers. His mother's Wendy Paula Rogers. Why do they all have two names? He has a son. I don't know if you've heard of this thing called middle names. No, like, like it's in like quotation marks. Like yo, it's like a yo, yo, yo. His sister is Maggie Rogers. Oh my god! He has a son. Who is he married to? Wait, are we? This is Shaggy, right? Like, not the actor. Like, we're just talking about Shaggy. Yeah, just Shaggy. The. What do you mean, uh, son? Like, I. It's I want to. It says in in Shaggy's family in universe oh. information. Okay, Frederick a, Rogers it, Dinkley. Son. It's like a. It's like a. Uh, this is stupid, I think, but like it's. I mean, I don't want to call it stupid, Wait a minute. It, but it's like a comic book where they. It's the gang during a post-apocalyptic world. Hang on. What? Velma is his significant other canonically in Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated, Scooby Doo Curse of the Lake Monster, and Scooby Apocalypse. Um. I mean, I I buy it. I don't know. Like, and he dated Velma's sister, Madeline, in Scooby-Doo Abracadabra-Doo. But he's also um, dated Googie and uh, Crystal, and uh, of who can forget Mary Jane from last week. Um, and who could forget Mary Jane? Wait, Ma- is Madeline Dinkley his sister or her sister? Yes. Okay, because I was. It just shows her picture under Madeline Dinkley. So, um, okay. Well, like he's not too much of a player. That's only like a few people. Like. Yeah, but apparently he has a child with Velma and names him Fred. <laughs> that's some uh, serious Star Wars shit. Frederick Rogers Dinkley. Uh, why did I think it was gonna be Frederick Rogers do? <laughs> Uh, he had the child with Scoobert. You know the ending of Harry Potter 7, like the last one? He's like, you were named after the two bravest men I've ever known. <laughs> Fred Rogers. <laughs> oh, no, Fred, uh, Fred, uh, Wait. I don't remember Fred's last name. Um, okay. Show, but what the fuck Scoobert is too. this? Okay. In Velma's character description of Scooby Apocalypse. Have you ever seen Scooby Apocalypse? What is this? It's a ca- it's a comic book and it's I was so saying cute. this before you were like going feral over the sister. Okay. Um, it's a comic book about the characters during a post-apocalyptic like thing. I Should know, I like... read this? It looks kind of like I don't know. I don't really love the art style, but this sounds insane. Um I remember reading about it when it came out and I was like, "No, thank you." But 
uh, it had like a three year run, which is kind of impressive. So like maybe it's good. I don't know. Can I just read this in Velma's character description? Yeah, go for it. Okay. In the time skip following the death of Fred, <laughs> she becomes romantically involved with Shaggy and announces that she is pregnant with his child, whom upon birth they name Frederick Rogers Dinkley after Fred. I I don't like that. <laughs> has anybody ever uh has anybody okay, ever some read of the artwork in know. like I'm like Googling Okay, I went into Google Images, and some of the artwork and the actual panels are kind of cool. Mm. Like, there's like there's... a one a panel of them like in they're like in an ocean of ghouls, and they're all like weighing them down, and it's fucking awesome. Like, I I kind of like want a poster of just that. That's it's pretty sick. There's a character named Cliffy that's a runaway orphan that Scrappy Doo adopts while searching for Velma and the rest of the Scooby Gang. <laughs> I. Here's one review for it. Um, review Scooby Apocalypse number one is exactly what you feared it would be. I, I, I don't, that doesn't make me optimistic to read it. Um, I well, mean, maybe they I'll check Shaggy, out. like they made Shaggy like buff, like they made them all just like buff and weird and like angular. I don't know, like I'll give it a, ch- I mean, I don't want to write it off because it, like, it's kind of interesting, but like, I. I think I, I, I think it's really cool. I think my main thing though is the fact that um you can't make something like dark and gritty with a word like Scooby in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tell that to Batman versus Superman. Like his name's fucking Batman. But like, like bat bats Superman. can be scary. Bat bats Super. can be scary. I don't know. Like um, there's also like a dark like Snagglepuss comic. Did you know about that? No, I, I don't know what that is. Okay. But it's called Exit Stage Left and it's um from I think it's recent. Um yeah, literally like last year into this year. Uh you... it's a satirical comic book by DC reimagining the Hanna-Barbera cartoon character Snagglepuss as a gay playwright in the 1950s, <laughs> victimized by the McCarthyism witch hunts against communist infiltration in the United States. I'm going to order this right now. That sounds fucking awful. And it also, sounds so cool. Wait, there's sounds... a dark, wacky racist comic? And it also sounds like a John It's Malenko's literally head. Mad Max. There's a wacky racist comic... Oh my god, that's just Mad Max. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just... Do you remember, um, like, a year ago when they announced a new Barney movie? Like, Dark Barney or whatever? Well, they. do you remember that? Like, they said, like, uh, we're making a new Barney movie, and Daniel Kaluuya of Get Out fame is producing it. And his his, like, entire statement on it was, like, maybe one of the funniest things I think I've ever read. Where he said, for generations, Barney was an icon, uh, like a symbol of hope in a dark world. <laughs> and then one day he vanished, never to be seen or heard from again. <laughs> he said, in like 2021, we're going to revisit this magical world and understand why he left. And maybe, just maybe, if he can instill a sense of hope within us too. <laughs> oh, good. And I'm like, who, first of all, who's asking for this? Like, I can't see a Barney movie working in 2020. And also, 
what fucking world are you you living in where he like changed the world? He obviously did not. Barney was complicit in many things. Like I don't. <laughs> Barney I don't was know. complicit in many things. Um, it's like Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight. He knew. He saw it happen, and he let it happen. Really quick. Um, there's also a uh, a dark Flintstones comic. Okay, people seem to like these because it's like, oh, it's like basically things that we liked when we were younger, but it's just like serious. Like, it's not like edgy. Like, it's like they use the Flintstones as like actual social commentary. The only... On, like, Thing. capitalism and the american family the only serious flintstones material that i want is that meme where it's him with a glock Viva rock vegas no it's him with the glock and he's like forgive me what i for what i must yabba dabba do oh i like forgive me for what i must <laughs> yeah <laughs> but wait have you seen the one with the flintstones where it's fucking fred with a glock and he's yeah. like he's just like he has his like like the like his face down on the glock Mm-hmm. And he's like, but you must forgive me for what I'm about to yabba dabba do. <laughs> also, that meme that went viral on Twitter last week, it's like, $600 for breaks? I'm going to stop this bitch with my feet. Yabba dabba <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we should talk about the movie now, because we... <laughs> yeah, we're just talking about Hanna-Barbera bullshit. <laughs> Wait, DC meets the Looney Tunes? Okay, no, stop. We gotta stop. We <laughs> I'm to sorry. Stop. Okay, I have to say, though, it's really fascinating the creative liberties that Warner Brothers allows their brands to do. I Like, I'll, I have to admire that, and I think that's really cool. I mean, there's two examples of that that I like. I don't even like Supernatural, like, at all. I tried to get into it. I couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. But like, one of the previous seasons recently, um, they had a crossover where Sam and Dean got, like, sucked into their TVs and it was a fully animated episode with Scooby-Doo. Like, they got into the world of Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. And they, like, solved a mystery with them. And, like, that's the shit you should be doing when you're, like, a multimedia conglomerate like uh, Warner Brothers is. Like, do weird shit like that. I love that. And also, like, apparently Space Jam 2 is gonna, like, have a lot of classic Warner Brothers characters. Or just, yeah. like, weird... Well, that's, like, what the Lego movies were able to do. They had a Lego character of every single Warner Brothers person. Even some... They even went out their way to get, like, some non-WB properties. Like, I remember they even made that when Disney owned Star Wars, but they still somehow got, like, Star Wars stuff in it. Like, it's kind of impressive. I think that's, like, the best example in any form of media of, like, how to make that stuff work. Like, pop culture stuff without making it, like, overbearing. Yeah, because it's not like references, really. Um, it's more They're like so, actual like, characters, like Batman yeah. in the Lego Batman movie, or just even like the Lego movie is like not Batman, Batman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Lego Batman is honestly my favorite superhero movie. It's pretty great. I um I rewatched it during quarantine. It's it's still I, like I even liked it more the second time. Honestly, it's fucking funny. Mm. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah. Um, can I also say the uh, museum that we still haven't fully talked about. We're only we're no, forty minutes into this pod and we have not talked about the museum. But so, I want to say the Coolsonian. I, I like that it's Coolsville and the Coolsonian yeah. Criminology Museum. Yeah, uh, a whole uh, museum dedicated to criminology 
uh, based off Mr. Ying's findings. I think that's kind of protagonists who are random ass people walking on a red carpet is Lennial Cannon. At least there was no like uh who was it in the last movie? Uh that like came out like in the first like five minutes and like kissed Fred. Uh, oh, Pamela Anderson. That's right. Yeah. Like there's nothing like that in this movie, at least, which is like it's fine in the first movie, but nothing like that. But I like in this movie they're like celebrities now. Yeah. And, and I text- uh, we were going to talk about their fans. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I texted Kira this last night when I was watching it. And I'm like, uh, it's uh, so fucking funny. Daphne having ta- like just these gross dudes like shouting her name. Yeah. Is, like, the funniest thing. And then it hard and- cuts to like uh, Velma like having like strap lesbians like screaming her name. I mean, it's true. It's It's <laughs> <laughs> Like that, I feel like she was like talked about so much on Tumblr. Yeah, she was. I mean, like that's like she's the blueprint for like a uh, a gay character that you know everyone's like she's not gay, but like you know she is. Yeah, yeah she is. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, and I, um, yeah, and I love that Shaggy like sniffed to find his fans. <laughs> because they're all stoners (laughs) it's so funny um and also like i don't know just like when scooby gets out of the car and i mean that's just fucking me just has like fucking food in his hand and he's like just fucking (laughs) like it's so fucking funny (laughs) like i don't know the opening of this movie like because i again i was going into it like a little bit like pessimistic i was like it's gonna be as good as the first one Mm-hmm. And then, like, immediately when it starts, I'm like, okay, yeah, this movie's funny. And this has, like, a Rotten Tomatoes score of 22% or something. Yeah, well, fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, for real. Like, they are so wrong on this movie. Even some of my friends on Letterboxd, you know, I'm going to out him. Uh, Zach, he gave this a 1.5 on Letterboxd. Like, how dare mm-hmm. you? Like, that's not allowed. That's not okay. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Like, this, I remember the opening of this, like, creeping me out as a kid mm-hmm. like uh the pterodactyl for some reason scared me like just the design of him um, yeah uh the yeah i wrote the dinosaur bitch is scary and the stuff in the museum is cool because it actually looks like cartoon villains well that's uh, what i liked about the monsters in this movie like other than like the blob and like the pterodactyl obviously like they're all like actual um i don't know if they're like mocap like or i don't know if they're like suits that people mm-hmm. got in or if they were like prosthetic. I don't like I don't know exactly what they were, but like the ghoul guy or like the um I mean the guy in the like uh uh like the the helmet, like the under the water thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's obviously like all real, not CGI. It's only the blob and the pterodactyl and the scout the fucking skeleton bitches that, that are CGI. Um yeah. but everything else seems like practical effects, which I like. It's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, and I just feel like like the fighting scenes and like action scenes in the museum itself are very um they're like very cartoonish. And it's and really like, cool. Yeah, I, I like when um because that's just like a classic Scooby do like kind of trope is like Scooby and Shaggy are like focused on like eating and they of course like get in the middle of like a uh just a situation where the rest of them have to like save them and stop the situation. 
and mm-hmm. like they're being like dragged across the table, like and eating all the food. Um, yeah, it's just it's so funny, like it's so cartoonish, but it's also like just so Scooby Doo that I just I think I forgot how well the, these movies understand the characters. That like I'm just puzzled and surprised each time we watch one of them. Um, so yeah, I I I don't know, like my hesitations were like just put to rest like in the first five minutes. Yeah, I um. Yeah, I don't have anything else about the museum scene. I just really think that it's cool. And I think that it's very nice. Not like nice, like it makes me sad. But I like that they kind of set up like the fact that that's what a lot of the conflict is going to be is that um, Shaggy and Scooby feel like they like don't really add anything. Yeah. Yeah. because I think that's, like, a very believable... Like, they're not even, like, super sad about it. Like, they just, like, go on their way um, and still act, like, the same, like, bumbling fools that we know and love. But, like, they're still, like, like they feel that, like, kind of alienation. Yeah, I, I did like that, like, arc in the movie. And, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of a repeat of the first movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, But I'll let it slide because it's just kind of, like... It's done well, I think. And yeah. surprisingly, Scooby himself has like an arc by the end of it, like just like coming over his fear. Like, and I I don't know, I, I admired that. I thought that was cute and like just fun. Um also I just want to say I feel like we've waited long enough for, for this. Um we're like 40 something minutes into the pod. Seth Green's in the first like five minutes. Do you want to fucking talk about him? <laughs> so Seth Green. Here's here's my relationship with Seth Green. <laughs> so, I feel like I always kind of knew that he existed. Right. Um, and then when I formed a cult around Austin Powers, I was like, I need to know everything about everybody involved in all these movies. So, Seth Green, I like for some reason only followed him on Instagram like two months ago. And obviously we like, I mean, like he's, he's really cute as Scott evil. I have an action figure of him as Scott evil that I'm currently looking at. Um, because I have it like just on display in my room, but I like didn't know anything about him. And then like two months ago, I like went on Instagram. I feel like I've, have I told this story before? I don't remember it so far. So I'm gonna okay, well, we both, like, if you guys have heard this story before, sorry. Um, I went on Instagram, like, two months ago, like, to find, like, pictures of him <laughs> for some, like, for some, like, meme or whatever. And I was like, why does he have over a million followers on Instagram? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I had no idea that he, like, had, like, a life beyond Austin now. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's like huge in the light. And that's the story of how I discovered who Seth Green was in 2020. Yeah, I mean, that's I have a millennial no- canon moment. <laughs> I look, I have nothing against um, Mr. Green as a man, as a person. I actually think he's cool. I think he's funny. But what I won't stand for, what I won't, <laughs> what I won't do, what? is you fucking calling him hot on the timeline. I'm not going to allow it. Oh, I thought you meant my timeline. No, the timeline that we share. At any point. I didn't say that. I didn't say that he was hot. Okay. 
Do you think he is? I screenshotted his height and I saved it to drafts. He is the exact same height as me. As who? Me. Oh, as you? Well, you said as he. <laughs> like you like just started laughing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm so flustered thinking about Seth Green being five four. Yeah, um, I don't because I don't know. It's just I mean, forgive my hesitation, but I he's exactly the kind of bitch you would go for. Like he, it's the personality. <laughs> it's the personality for me. Like I don't it's know. The personality for me. He's shorter than his wife, and he's a wife guy on Instagram. It's like the cutest thing ever. Okay. Well. Okay. I don't know. Like I. <laughs> it's just I'm always perplexed by like the crushes you form through this little, you know, our pod, like the, the, like the people that are in these movies that you just discover again. (laughs) And I was like, I swear to fucking God, if Seth Green is her new obsession, I'm going to just like, and okay, no, he's just a byproduct of the Mike Myers cult that I formed literally. Um, Cause Scott evils an incredible character. And it's he's really bullshit. fucking funny. As yeah, sad. it's bullshit that the third one, sorry guys, spoiler alert, it literally ends with him, like, introducing a character arc for himself. And then for the past, like, ten years, they're like, yeah, we're gonna make an Awesome Powers 4, it's in development, like, we're gonna get to it. Okay, Seth Green is waiting, sweetie. <laughs> um, He's gonna have to be bald in it, though, unfortunately. Un- yeah, I mean... I don't know. Like, I... I I don't know, because I'm, like, looking at his, like, IMDb right now. Okay, and, like, Josie and the Pussycats. Have you seen it? I have not. Bitch, what the fuck? Why would I ever see that? It's so funny. Okay. Um, Listeners of the pod, harass Adam and tell him to watch Josie and the Pussycats. If I get, like... Okay, here's the thing. If I get, like, five people on Twitter adding me, saying... Watch Josie and the Pussycats. Do five people even listen to our episodes? <laughs> exactly. That's that's why I'm setting myself such a high I'm gonna bar. Get, I'm going to get my cult to... No, you can't cheat. It has to be organic. They have to okay. hear it at this point in time in the episode. Okay. And they need to like make the conscious decision to be like, Adam, watch Josie and the Pussycats. Okay. And if five people at me, I will okay. do it. I will okay. do it. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Okay. Um... Yeah, so I just find it funny that I'm I'm just gonna, like, walk up to, like, somebody, like, in their 30s and be, like, like, I, I have to wonder, like, do people feel that way when they see me, like, collecting Austin Powers merch? Being, like, you just saw Austin Powers? Wait, what? Like... I don't like people who are like older that were like around when uh when these movies and stuff came out. Oh. People were at their like peak, not like peak, but like their like high point of popularity. It's like, hey, have you heard of Seth Green? <laughs> yeah, oh. where have you been? <laughs> uh, <Well>. vibing, <laughs> listening to One Direction. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even think that way about like stuff like that, where it's like actual good stuff. But I think of that way in the context of, like, any time I go to see, like, a kid's movie, like, any recent years. Mm-hmm. And, like, for example, when I saw Frozen 2 last year, mm-hmm. I 
didn't give a fuck about it. Like it's, I think it's okay. Like it's fine. Like for what it is, it's just not my, like, I don't care about frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I thought to myself and it was like, after we started this pod and I was like, but like in 20 years, like kids are going to like talk about frozen Two the same way we talk about like Disney movies that we grew up with or like mm-hmm. they're going to discover it and it's going to age super well. And it's just like, I got to remind myself that pe- like shit just not made for me. And then also like people in further generations are like, find it like, I don't know, just like future kids, I guess. So, yeah. So people yeah. today, they don't give a fuck about Austin powers anymore. Yeah. Like, guys, we gotta, <laughs> after spending, uh, what is it? Seven months now only talking about Mike Myers to the point where like, Literally, I have dissected his whole career multiple times over. Um, I think people should start watching Austin Powers. It's, the thing is, I, I have to ask you: is it <laughs> is it genuine interest or is it hyperfixation? Oh, one hundred percent hyperfixation. <laughs> but no, genuine interest too. Like. <laughs> You know, it's just, it's really fascinating, um, I think, also, which this kind of aligns with the Zonial canon. Um, like, knowing that something was out there when you were a kid, mm-hmm. and, like, then, like, growing up and, like, not interacting with it in any way. I mean, like, no, because you watch movies as a kid, so it doesn't really, I don't know. Like, and then being like, oh. Like, like me specifically? Yeah. Okay. Like, um, knowing that something's well, out there, not interacting with it, and then, like, hearing people quote it and stuff and being like, ew, like, shut up. And then, like, actually watching it and being like, oh, this is actually the best thing okay. I've ever seen in my whole life. Minus the you shut up part, because I'm not cynical as much as you are sometimes. <laughs> exactly. But So that um, also isn't I, how it applies to you. But, well, wait, I, I had a big one, like a huge one last mm-hmm. year. I saw the Matrix for the first time last year. Oh yeah, um, huge blind spot for me. Like that movie is referenced across pretty much every form of media, mm-hmm. um, like visually, stylistically, everything. The, what the Wachowskis did with that movie is like just incredible. And for some reason, even though I'm like a film bitch, I'd never watched it. Even when I was like a teenager, that would have been prime for it. Like, I would have been a we-live-in-a-society-ass bitch, like, Well, forever. do you ever think, like, going off that exactly, do you ever think, like, oh, I'm glad I waited this long? I mean, I kind of wish I saw it when I was, like, 16 or 17, because, like, I feel like I would have, like, obsessed over it for months. Mm-hmm. Um, but another part of me was, like, I'm really glad I didn't misinterpret this movie as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of very deep, genuinely deep themes about, like, capitalism and just, like... Uh, I mean, I'm not going to fucking dissect the Matrix on the pod, but like, I saw it in my first time seeing it was in Dolby Cinema last year. Yeah. Yeah. I saw like a restoration of it in the theater, and then I saw it on the Dolby re release like a few months later. And it was like amazing. Yeah. It was Um, um, maybe one of the best Dolby movies I've ever seen. It's just incredible. But like, a big moment of character development for me was like last month when I saw 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, and all our listeners know how that's like a big character development for me because all I do is clown on Stanley Kubrick. Which, like, it's not even like I don't know. It's like, why do you clown on him? Like, why? Um, just because he's like the first name that pops into my head. Okay. When I'm like memeing. 
<laughs> but like um, he's he just he's made like no like i i literally like i love eyes wide shut so much i love the shining so much like i saw 2001 and it was the scariest movie i've ever seen in my life he's literally and like i don't even like love every movie he's made but i think almost i don't i hate to say like objectively but like i genuinely don't think he's ever made a bad movie like just on a technical level like he's one of the only directors. Like it's like there's some Scorsese movies that I'd be like, yeah, that one's not great. Like yeah. I, I love him, but like not great. But like I watched every single Kubrick movie for the AOK pod last or like last month, I think. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, even though I don't like love every single movie he's done, like they're all like technically perfected, like just masterclass of filmmaking. So I think it's also a thing where like now that I'm like an adult, that's just like sad and it's just like looking for any piece of media like it's just a nice surprise when things turn out to be good and when i'm like not an asshole about things anymore (laughs) i um yeah i mean i don't know like it's like i'm trying to think of like a weird franchise that like i grew up with like that no one else really did i guess the only thing that comes to mind for me is like do you know the National Lampoons movies? Like I mm-hmm. not the gross like Van Wilder shit or anything, but like um the vacation movies. Like mm-hmm. I loved those movies as a kid. And I remember like quoting them as a kid and like people were like, What are you talking about? And like, have you ever seen Chris's Vacation? No. It's literally like maybe top five funniest movies. I've, I've seen. seen like the last like ten minutes of it like twenty five million times. The last ten know. minutes are chaotic cinema. Like, like I, I always walk into my house as the last ten minutes are playing on ABC Family, and I'm just it, like, okay. <laughs> it starts with him getting in like a terrible road accident and not cutting down a Christmas tree. And it ends with a fucking SWAT team invading his house and a yes. kidnapping. It's fucking yeah. hilarious the way that movie escalates to comedic perfection for 80 minutes. I genuinely think that movie should be taught in like classes of like how to write comedy. Because I think that movie is like a <laughs> masterpiece of comedy. And no one has like I feel like boomers have seen it, but no one like on film Twitter has seen it, you know? Like I mean, like they probably have, they just don't talk about it. You know, movie is like great but I just cannot talk about anymore or see ever again or hear about a Christmas story. (laughs) I, I, okay. Like I don't like that movie. I think it's so good, but I literally never want to hear anything about it or see any image from it ever again. I I think, I, I don't know why I don't like that movie. I feel like I should. And I probably like would if I watched it again. No, because the thought that you should like it, like, you even thinking, I feel like I should like it, is, like, the whole vibe of the movie. The fact that it's on for 24 hours straight. I can't even tell you how many times. Okay, I've been alive, what, 23 years? Yeah, that's how old I am. Say, like, okay, I at least watch it, like, two or three times every Christmas because it's just playing for 24 hours straight. Um, I've probably seen it literally over 50 times in my lifetime just from it playing in the background on christmas i 
Well, I have to wonder if it's like if I actually dislike it because my mom always told me she's like I don't like that movie, and I wonder oh, if really? like consciously as a kid, like I was like if my mom doesn't you're like, like that, that movie's like, evil. No, I didn't think it was like like she just said I don't find it funny. Like she said I never understood the hype. Like that's amazing. It was the same thing where it was like my mom like with The Simpsons. Like it was such a huge <laughs> yeah. cultural thing. That's a big one that I didn't start watching The Simpsons until Disney Plus came out. Um, yeah. but like. My mom always was like, uh, like I went on a date to go see a Christmas store or something, and like, or like my mom's like, I was with my ex boyfriend and he he put on The Simpsons and I didn't laugh once, so I wrote it off completely. And then like as a kid, I mentally went, well, that's probably not going to be funny. And then I mm-hmm. watched it with the context of that in mind, thinking it wouldn't be funny. And then twenty years later, I watched Simpsons. I'm like, this is like my favorite show ever. At least like the first like few seasons are. Um, I'm on, I'm like on season 14, 13 right now, and it's kind of rough now. But mm-hmm. um, the first like few seasons of The Simpsons are like literally masterpieces. Yeah, um, I've like in like sociology classes, like we've literally had ep- like finals and like midterms mm-hmm. where like the teacher will literally just put on an episode of The Simpsons, and we would have to like write a paper about it, and it was the most interesting thing ever. And we did it with. Like, the Chanel suit episode, Mm -hmm. um, the Barbie episode, obviously. Barbie episode's a great Uh, episode. It's so good. And the Michael Jackson episode, too. Yeah, I had to go online and find that episode because uh, they took it off Disney+. Plus. Um, Yeah. Which, like, it's a a great episode. (laughs) It's a great episode. I understand why Disney wouldn't want it, but at the same time, I'm a little frustrated because it's really great. Um, My favorite episode they've ever done is, like, the one where Lisa like forms a bond with, I think it's her, it's either her music teacher or like some other teacher at her school. And he has to like mm-hmm. move away and he just like leaves her a note. Cause like, it's kind of like dissects like her relationship with everyone in the town. And like mm-hmm. it analyzes her as a character, like just being this really optimistic, intelligent, um, hopeful young girl at a town, mostly full of like, not idiots per se, but just like people with low ambitions to ever like really move out. And then Mm. like, it just like, um, she like doubts herself a lot, but then he just leaves her a note that just says, you are Lisa Simpson as he like gets on the train. And it's like the most beautiful. There's like, I've ever seen. There's like, just like, like every so often, just like an episode that I'm like, wow. The, like that's what I'm saying. Like, the first like seven or eight seasons of The Simpsons are like, I feel like um, there was like such a backlash against The Simpsons in the '90s and early 2000s against like republic from like Republicans who were like, this isn't like Christian. This isn't right. Like, because like it was the first. I think that time. was just like all media. <laughs> but like even more so for The Simpsons because it was. I like how this is Scooby Doo Pod. Um, like The Simpsons was like it was really the first piece of animated media to be adult and also be as like widely beloved as it was. Like, because you got to remember this, The Simpsons like premiered in the early '90s, like way before like Family Guy or any of that other shit, you know. Like, yeah. and until that time, Seth Green was born. <laughs> way before Seth Green was born. So, like at that point, the the gen the genuine like outlook on animation was it's only a kid medium like it should only be for family friendly stuff so like i feel like a lot of people took that like as an attack like they yeah i wasn't i wasn't allowed to watch it i was like 
I don't know. My mom was like, it's not like I was like banned from watching it, but she would be like, she's a good way of like guilt, like, like guilting you if she like, if you like watch something she doesn't like. Uh-huh. Like, anytime I would take her to a bad movie, like she would like hold it against me for months. So I just like tried <laughs> to be conscious about like what I sh- was like watching around her. And I don't like, yeah. I don't know, like it was always on like on Sundays or something, The Simpsons, and I could like never watch it and her not be in the room. So I just never did. And now I love it with all my heart. Um, it's so, always I mean, like I, I want to like read, <laughs> read through them, uh, watch through like a bunch of them like i wish you could just like go on shuffle and like be like hey like this season through this season shuffle i don't want to like sit and watch all of the simpsons i i was the same way when i started because i was like i don't want to start from the beginning it feels like i don't know like it it feels i don't know how to explain it but like it feels like a chore to like start from the beginning right Mm -hmm. yeah i'm really bad at tv but here's the thing i come to like love that in a weird way, and for two reasons. One, and maybe most importantly, it's like I because I have this app called TV Time where I like mm-hmm. log my shows. Like it just kind of lets me like keep up with like what I'm watching and like what day they air. But I um each time I log an episode of The Simpsons, I like look on the app before I log the episode, and it's like it shows me like what date it aired, mm-hmm. like that episode. And I'll like look at it through the context of like what was happening like politically at the time. Mm. And it's kind of like an interesting, because I've been watching for a year now, because Disney Plus has been out for a year. And it's like, I'm watching each episode in season and season through the context of like, the changing political landscape of like mm-hmm. different presidencies. Like, it, I remember like, the first like few seasons were Clinton based. Um, and then it, it went on to George, uh, George Bush. And I'm pretty sure soon I'm gonna go to the Obama era. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just interesting. And then also on top of that, um, I guess, I mean, you could sort of do this with, like, the whole shuffle theory, but um, it just feels, like, never-ending, so I don't feel, like, a pressure to finish it. Like, it's, yeah, I'm not watching sure. it to finish it. Like, I'm not, because everyone says The Simpsons sucks now, so I'm not, like, in a rush to, like, ever finish it. That's not my end game. My end game yeah. is to just keep it going as long as I can, you know? I guess it really is, like, something that you could just kind of, like, I feel that way about Sailor Moon, too. Like, I've never, like, finished Sailor Moon or whatever, but it's definitely something that I'm, like, if I'm just, like, sitting around in my room or, like, cleaning my room or doing laundry or whatever, I'm, like, I'm gonna put on Sailor Moon because it's just, like, so comforting. And, like, the colors, like, I guess it's similar to The Simpsons where it's, like, the colors of it just, like, look nice, just, like, playing in the background on something, like... That's what I'm doing right now, because, like, even though I don't like the new seasons, I'm, like, I like the aesthetic of The Simpsons and, like, just the characters that, even the writing kind of sucks now, like... Yeah. Because, like, you can tell when Conan left the writer, like, the writing room for The Simpsons, like, the episodes went downhill. But, Mm. yeah. I was bullied in the comment section of uh, TikTok that I made because I, um, I didn't say that conan was hot and yeah, i got I, bullied by like four different people okay i was gonna text you about it but then i saw them drag you in the comments i'm like okay that they did the work for me um um i like to i like to um i just i find it funny how you think that that's an issue and every single other person that i say is hot on this podcast you drag me for seth green ugly um who else has it been i'm i already forget um 
Kira? Can we talk about Scooby-Doo, please? <laughs> oh, wait. Did it cut out, or...? No, I just stopped talking. Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who? No, seriously, who else was it? I forgot. Um, well, it's Matthew Lillard month right now. No, Matthew Lillard. I, I it's fine. I I can't say he's ugly, but like, who? What other short people did you find hot? I forgot. I'm not answering this. I'm gonna you look can, back. You on can Twitter. listen back. You can listen back to our podcast and. Uh, I gotta go back on our fucking Twitter page. Okay. Keep talking about Scooby-Doo. I'll bring it up. Okay, it. so my next note for Scooby-Doo. Sorry to our listeners if you're still listening. Um, I said, I don't like when Scoop stands up. I think what? that um, it's very unsettling because uh, a dog, like a Great Dane, which is like the breed that, he's, that he is, um, they're very like top-heavy and they have like very skinny legs, which like it just makes for a deeply unsettling like like standing up and i think that um they realized that people found scooby as grandma funny and were like let's just make this every joke in the movie that's like one of my only complaints about this movie uh i thought it was funny so i can't like complain i thought no i like i like the whole like disguise thing but i um i think a lot of the humor in this one relies on him like standing up and putting on a silly hat like is it bad because like it's funny though so like yeah but i mean it's just very like it it just it does it a lot i I don't think it's bad it just it does it a little bit too much for my liking i i mean i'm not gonna like say you're not valid because it's it's whatever but like I just I don't like I don't care if it's funny like if it's funny it works like I don't know <laughs> and like the scene at the bar like when they go to a fucking villains bar which is so yeah. fucking funny like yeah. just a bar people that they've it literally looks like, like one eye jacks from uh, Twin Peaks <laughs> the fucking bitch from everybody loves Raymond the, the dad <laughs> in that show is in this. as uh, I can't remember the guy his character's name it's some classic Scooby Doo name oh wait before I get to that I want to talk about his like the mansion he lives in. Yeah, um, I was gonna say that too. Everything, everything in that house is perfect. Yeah, everything. It's like classic Scooby Doo. Yeah, the doorbell people trapped in the cages is very funny too. <laughs> um, Wait, what, like what, anybody what? that rings the doorbell is like stuck in those big spheres, uh, and like the, it's um, like Mormons and a yeah, Girl the, Scout because they the ring the like, doorbell. <laughs> The Mormons like, have you heard the good news? And then Scooby's like, yeah, they have they have cookies. Fucking <laughs> um, <laughs> funny. I think that right before that though, um, Shaggy and Scooby like LARPing as the rest of the gang is so funny. Wait. Uh, like when they're like planning to go into the house, like when they're still in there, like clubhouse or whatever mm-hmm. and uh scooby and shaggy are like well we have to act like them and like scooby's like wearing like daphne's boots and velma's sweater oh and then shaggy just has like a big like fred shirt or whatever on okay. i have to say that um the scene like the shot where it pans to like scooby's legs and it's hair mm-hmm. like wearing the go-go boots mm-hmm. and it's like that's the funniest shot of cinema i think i've ever seen and my it's one of my so- best one of my best friends jess uh hi jess if you're listening i don't think you are but if you are hi like i've had that as her contact photo for like five years like <laughs> just that shot 
I feel very seen by it. Like, I also have, like, big meaty calves that barely fit into my go-go boots. And she's like, Scooby, that does not go with that outfit. And he's just like, aww. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. I also said I don't know why... But I said green goo in general is millennial canon. Just like green, like slime. Yeah. You know, I mean, and very, like, like bright green. Very byproduct of Nickelodeon. Uh, yeah, the, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, and I, right before they go into the house. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, there's KFC uh, product placement when they're going into the museum on the red carpet. And then, so I watch all movies with subtitles on. When they are about to go into the house, the subtitles say something different from the words, and it's very weird because there's another KFC product placement. Shaggy says, why can't... He says this out loud. He says, why can't we ever investigate a KFC or something when he sees the scary house? The subtitles said... Why can't we ever investigate a Burger King or something? I'm I, not even joking. I, yeah, I remember him saying KFC in the movie, but like I, I will like, take a video of it later. Yeah, it's I remember. Insane. But like, I think I kind of remember it from my childhood. Him saying Burger King because I don't know. Like, because like in, the be- in the beginning they have Burger King. Effect. Yeah, I was going to say that. But at the beginning... No, they have it was game. KFC. It was KFC. No, like when he's getting out of the car. Remember, he has it's like a... It's a KFC cup. It's a I KFC was... cup. Okay, as a kid, I definitely remember it being Burger King cup. What the fuck? Like, I swear to God, as a kid, it was Burger King. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if anybody else... Um, <laughs> Zillennial canon listeners. <laughs> I'm going to make a poll. Is it Burger King or is it KFC? Wait, hold on. Let me Scooby Doo two. Scooby um, Doo two. Wait, KFC. okay. There is a search result for this. KFC Burger like, King. Yeah. Wait, the Netflix. Hold on. Hold on. In the DVD, they have a brand deal with Burger King. Everywhere oh, else. Why I know it for Burger King in the, in the DVD. Okay. Hold on. This is so weird. Um, okay. Where is it? Sorry. Okay. I just watched this movie on Netflix, but there was one minor change. In the DVD version at the beginning of the film, when Scooby and Shaggy come out of the limo, Shaggy is holding a cup from Burger King, and later in the movie when they're at Wickle's Manor, Shaggy complains why they never investigate at a Burger King. However, on the Netflix version, the line and the cup were changed to KFC. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm reading it. It has to do with here. film studios and distribution companies releasing American films to international markets. Uh, studios can digitally alter products in the film, can now sell product placement rights more than once. Started with Demolition Man, where in the U.S., Taco Bell is the only surviving fast food place, but overseas, the restaurant is Pizza Hut. In Scooby Doo 2. Oh, excuse me. I burped. Uh, in Scooby Doo 2. <laughs> Burger King purchased the product placement rights for the film along with right of first refusal. Burger King then decided to just focus on the U.S. plug, 
Warner Brothers was free to sell the plug for the international market release, which KFC bought. So the DVD version was the domestic release version. The Netflix version is the international version. But I do not have an answer to why is Netflix showing the international version. But I'm sure it has to do with cost of purchasing the rights to stream. Unless KFC also bought the product placement rights for streaming in all markets. That is fucking insane. Look at the text I sent you, because that's the image that i remember as a kid it's uh the picture of the burger king cup and scooby-doo's like oh my god that's so weird yeah they okay and i see the one where it's kfc now Uh, i i found a picture of that so that's crazy and honestly last night i didn't i don't think i paid attention to it but i noticed the subtitle thing that you're talking about but i didn't notice the cup like i just don't think i paid attention at the beginning Mm. um but that's fucking crazy i've never i mean i knew that shit like that happened in life but I I've never like come ever... across it though, yeah, or like noticed I... it. I've never noticed it. This is maybe the weirdest like occasion of that I think I've ever like experienced. That's really weird. Mm. Um, wow, this is like deep, like deep millennial, like shit, yeah. just deep capitalism. Wow, um, wow, man. I, I'm sorry to keep going Owen Wilson on this, but like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm just like looking at like Google and like I'm just all these like Reddit forums and like so many people talked about it so i'm glad that this isn't like something we had to investigate ourselves i'm glad other people caught it Mm -hmm. because like i would have gone crazy if we (laughs) if we had to like look into it um uh okay yeah so the house um yeah i think what i love about the house is just like like i said earlier it feels so classic Mm scooby-doo um and like it's just an old haunted house and there's like a lot of clues and i think one of the funniest things i've ever said also my friend jess we quote this part a lot where it's like when scooby like goes into his like his like he like goes into his like drawer or whatever Mm -hmm. and he like pulls out a pair of underwear he's like look a clue (laughs) he wears the underwear on his head (laughs) um and he's like starts singing with the toilet brush and then me and my friend just like always like text each other like that's you like that's just us <laughs> like i don't know yeah like- i i like um i think it's really funny when uh when him and shaggy are singing together <laughs> literally so fucking funny um and also like the the old record player playing i like big butts yes um i like Shark big butts and moment. i cannot lie playing at inopportune moments is millennial canon yeah, um, this and Shark Tale came out of the same year too. So, yeah, exactly the same, uh, like comedy comedy beat in that one. Literally the same exact scene, like old yes. record player playing. I like big butts. Like it's kind yeah. of astonishing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like just everything. Like when the night starts chasing them, it's really funny. It's like just and I like I like how they recreated the. I'm trying to think about explain this, but like when Shaggy runs away and then Scooby is like still in the air trying to get his feet to work as the monster like runs towards them. Yeah, the old uh, Hanna Barbera run. Yeah, exactly. Like they visual, like they. That's why I like about this movie even more than the first movie. Like they went out their way to like make a lot of classic animation tropes work in live action that really shouldn't work, but it works because they don't try to take it out of the goofy realm. Like they keep it goofy. Yeah just live action. even like when they when they like ring the doorbell and they like fall into the hole yes um, yes like it like how like scooby like stops in midair and is like uh-oh and then like falls 
Yeah, exactly. Like that's very Hanna Barbera. Yeah, it's great the way um they do that, and I. I don't know, like, that's just one of the things I really love about this movie. I mean, we already kind of talked about it earlier with, like, the monster designs of this movie. Like, mm-hmm. even, like, the CGI ones. Like, I know we kind of scoff at CGI. But even, like, the gooey monster and, like, um, the skeletons and the uh, pterodactyl, they all look cool for CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite aesthetic in this movie, I think, is, like, the one of the, um, the just the pirate ship floating over the city at the end. Like, mm-hmm. it's just fucking cool. Like, I don't I don't know. Like I, that's some flying Dutchman ass shit. Like I love that. Like <laughs> I love it so much. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just like a lot of um, weird cartoony shit. Even more than the first movie, you know. Like they they just get away with it. It, it works so well. I think. Yeah, I um, I think also. Uh, what was I gonna say? I like had a note. I don't remember, but I do like the ending scene, um, and I do like the way that all the monsters look because, like you said before, they do have um, like really cool cartoonish looks. And specifically, I love the one that's like um, it's like the electricity one. Yeah, yeah, that's that one fun. is very cool. I like the um one it's he's like a zombie or a ghoul or something like just kind of mm-hmm. like a you know what i'm talking about like yes yeah i don't i, I just like him because it's obviously like practical mm-hmm. like it's i think he's in a suit or something i don't know it's either like uh it's either like a mechanical like practical effect or it's an actual guy in a suit but either way it looks it looks really cool. good yeah it really does and that's what i love about that one and i don't know like even like I don't know, like just everything with um I mean we already kinda of talked about the mask thing at the end, which is kinda of neat. And uh I don't know, like I don't know if I prefer this to the first movie. I I mean, do you? Like do you like it? Uh no, I like the first one because I think the first one's very like simple and uh it's very like f- like fun. Um right. because it's just very contained in like the space. And this one goes to, like, a few more places, which, like, sounds like a weird reason to, like, to, like, not like a movie. I don't know. Um, but. I mean, you do like this, right? Like, yeah, I do. I do like it. Um, but I, um, I don't know. Like, the first one just feels very, like, simple and, uh, and good. Uh, and this one just. Like, there's just, like, a lot more moving parts to it. I do like it a lot, though. Um, One thing that I do have to complain about, like, visually in this movie, though, is I think it's just, like, a symptom of, like, time progressing. Um, But it seems like, um, like, Scooby, like, they tried to make him look better. Um, Like, they tried to, like, improve the CGI, which, like, just makes it look visually worse. Just because CGI, like, wasn't there yet. Uh, I don't, I mean, I didn't really notice that, to be honest with you. Like, I just kind of thought they were both mid-2000 CGI, and they both didn't look good, but I liked them both anyways. I mean, I think it's just also, like, the thing where, like, there was, like, a weird, uh, like, every single movie in, like, the early 2000s had, like, that weird, um, like, Uncanny Valley feel. Because it's like 
the CGI was not where it is now, obviously. Um, but, like, they still tried to push it as far as they could anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where, like, things just looked, like, off. <laughs> you know? I, ge- I mean, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, I, ge- I know what you're saying in general, but I just don't think I particularly agree with this specific movie. Because, like, mm-hmm. honestly, he looks exactly the same to me. Like, maybe a little bit better in this one. But, like, I don't think it's such a wide margin to where I tried to, like, that I can, like, it didn't I feel like it was just, like, that. the way that he moved. That's probably, fair. it is probably, like, the, the hind legs thing where I don't like when he stands well, up. Well, I, the thing is, like, I thought it was fine for me because even though it looked, because obviously it's going to look fake, it's Scooby-Doo. Like, it, mm-hmm. and I was cool with it because, like, what he was doing, like, it wasn't like they were trying to convince me. Like, it was, like, a gritty reboot of, like, they're trying to, like, tell me this is the real world that we're operating in like like what he was doing looks fake but that was fine because like what he was doing was funny and mm-hmm. cartoony and it's in itself so like when it looked cheesy i accepted it i think internally so it just didn't bother mm-hmm. me i don't know like i don't know i think that's a kind of a cheap answer but that's just the truth for me um yeah um so yeah so they have like that fight scene in like the like the house Daphne has a shirt of herself it's a fun fight scene honestly um Scoob pretends that he has rabies and I have to say rabies are zillennial canon like you don't really hear about rabies anymore um over the hedge as fuck you know yeah that's zillennial canon though yeah um no that's what I'm saying like that that's kind of like the blueprint for like rabies jokes yeah um yeah I don't know like that that scene maybe the only scene I didn't like really laugh at, but like, it's kind of, it was just at the same time though, like him just like wailing out the door, like, Ooh, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not what rabies is. Um, I, uh, I just ordered the Snagglepuss book, by the way. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'll let you know how it is. I'll probably be like weeping over it. I like how you're like, um, I hate these realistic reboots. And then you're <laughs> like, let me buy one though. <laughs> Let me let me just see what it's like. You're gonna see me reading Scoob Apocalypse, like just like weeping over Scoob Apocalypse. Yeah, um, people say we couldn't have predicted 2020, and by that we mean we could not have predicted that Kira's hyperfixations for the year were one Mike, Mike Myers, Myers and Snagglepuss, Snagglepuss, and maybe Scoober Dubert. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, uh, hot Velma. <laughs> Oh, I've been waiting for this one. Turn it up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hot Velma. Who's your mom? So I had forgotten that this was like a Grease moment where she like had a makeover to like get the guy. Um, I thought that it was like one of those like I like kind of confused it with the first one, like the image of her uh, in this outfit. I confused it with the first one when they were like swapping like bodies and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was like a side effect of that, and I like was surprised when it wasn't in the first one. So it was personally very funny that this was in the context of her trying to impress Seth Green. I mean, I feel like it's not really to impress him; it's more so that she wants to feel like confident. I, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like both, and then like I, I think it's kind of sweet, like how he's just kind of like I don't care, like I don't know. Yeah, he like he likes her for her brains or whatever, and it's like mm-hmm. whatever. But um, 
Yeah, I mean that scene's funny, and I think the scene where I mean I, I thought it was funny, like when he get she gets in the car and she's like squeaking, and he's like, "Do you have to mm-hmm. use the bathroom?" Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's so stupid, but like it works. <laughs> And also, of course, like, but who's your mama? She was like, I, I can't go to the bathroom in this house. <laughs> no, yeah, the the who's your mommy line. And he's just like, my my mommy? Like, he's, like, genuinely, like, so confused. It's so funny. It's so funny. That is it's peak literally, That's literally me in any sexual situation. <laughs> <laughs> my my mommy? <laughs> My my daddy. <laughs> um. So we already discussed Scoob in disguises, uh, but I have to say, when they walked into the club in disguises, I said, oh. "Pack it up, Austin Powers and Gold Member." Um, that that seems fucking hilarious. It's like, really funny. Um, um, it's funny that like there's like the whack a mole of them. Yeah. <laughs> and like the dartboards yeah like he's like this is a pretty chill place and then there's like people like fucking murdering him Mm -hmm. like yeah it's just also like when the the i'm just gonna call him the everybody loves raymond guy like Mm -hmm. when he's like um i like when he's like uh so if you saw mr yank you'd probably you know owe them a debt or like you would probably be easy on them right he's like i would crush them (laughs) (laughs) He, like, puts the gold tooth back on. Um, yeah, that's, like, a good scene. I love when, like, my favorite, just, like, peak comedy is, like, in a movie or TV show when somebody's, like, and it doesn't matter if it's, like, recent or, like, old as hell. Like, I feel like this is just a joke that will always be funny. If somebody's, like, we need a disguise, and then they, like, jump into a bush and the bush is, like, running. Yes. (laughs) I think that's the funniest thing of all time. That's literally her sense of humor, like in one. <laughs> we need to disguise. And they're just in a bush and you just see like their feet at the bottom as they like run and somebody will like turn around and the bush just like goes down on the ground and they're like, why is there a bush in the middle of the road? But they like turn around and keep walking. I also like this um the like little bit in this movie where it's like they go into the like, the creepy lab place, like at mm-hmm. by the bar, and like they each time they like go into the light, they're holding like one of the fucking skeletons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that those are like the cartoony moments that like work so well that yeah. like really just ground it back to the cartoons. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like, when you talked about, like, the whole Scooby design thing, like, that's part of it. Like, where when you have shit like that in your movie, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't believe any of this, but that's what makes it fun. Like, I don't know. Like, that entire sequence in the lab, I think, is, like, comedic gold. Like, mm-hmm. everything those bitches do in the lab. It's great. Um, I think maybe peak comedy was when, I mean, he does... Uh, Shaggy does turn into a lady, and uh, but I, I think the funniest bit is when Scooby turns into like a professor and can talk, mm-hmm. which is like just a fever dream, and he becomes <laughs> like smart, like a genuinely intelligent man. Like that reminds me of the episode of It's Always Sunny when Charlie takes like some kind of drug and he becomes like like a genuine genius, and then turns out at the end that they lied to him. 
and he'd been picking any drug and he just like took a like a slice of cheese and then like it unlocked like something in his brain like <laughs> and like he was just he thought he could do it so therefore he could and it's just so fucking funny but then it also like but also like um so like the professor but then also like uh shaggy being buff yeah i love <laughs> when scoop turns into the tasmanian devil i think that's amazing and oh yeah i, I that's another like corporate crossover thing that I'm like, okay, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like um, unexpected. Because like cartoons crossed over all the time, and it didn't feel like bleak, like corporate gross stuff, you know? Yeah, no, I I thought that was like really funny. I don't, I don't know, like everything in that like lab was really funny to me. Just like <laughs> they're like just fucking mm-hmm. right the fridge. Like it's just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, we skipped over an important part. Um, I think Coolsville sucks. Oh, right, yeah. I think, I mean, honestly, if there's any film that taught us to, like, be a little bit aware of media, like, cutting up stuff, it might be Scooper Doo too. Yeah, I mean, biased media. This movie said, fuck Fox News. All my homies said, fuck uh, Fox News. Yeah. Um, so after uh, after the uh, the lab scene, a note that I have is the monsters are dead ass unleashed. Um, <laughs> it's like the meme of Leo pointing. Ooh, it's the part where they, <laughs> they unleash the monsters. <laughs> They're unleashed. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, some I said some monsters are cool looking and cartoony, and then there are like the eyeball ones that are ugly as fuck. But we've talked about them like five times for a solid like forty five minutes. Um, there's a cute montage of them when they're younger that I like. Yeah, it's um, it's a choice in this movie because some of the uh, casting for the younger ones are a little bit, hmm. but it's mostly cute. I think. Yeah, I like it. Um, I feel like that would usually be, like, a cringy moment, kind of. Uh, but it's sweet. Um, well, like, the whole... It, I mean, this is a little canon, too. Like, in a uh, sequel or reboot of a Zillennial movie. Or, like, mm-hmm. a Zillennial movie that's, like, a reboot or a sequel to something that we also grew up with. Mm-hmm. The third act involves them going back to, like, their original base or, like, original home or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, getting nostalgia and feeling inspired and going back to basics. Like... Mm. That's Zillennial. That's a very specific Zillennial trope, but I feel like it's happened so many times. And yeah. Like, because, like, they, I think, I mean, if we want to really dissect Scooby Doo 2, the thing that weighs them down in this movie is, like, their fame and the fact that the media wants to talk to them so much and, like, mm-hmm. that people depend on them. But they have to go back to their old clubhouse and remember why they started investigating mysteries in the first place to really feel inspired and not feel so pressured by everything, which I think is kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to um, analyze Scooby Doo too, but yeah, my main uh, analysis that I wrote down is uh, after they eat the cotton candy monster, I said with a diet like theirs, when do Shaggy and Scooby shit? Does Scooby shit outside? Does Shaggy have to pick it up? Every scene that um, <laughs> every scene that Scooby or and Shaggy aren't in with Fred, Daphne, and Velma, just imagine that they're shitting. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Time. I forgot about them meeting the cotton candy monster, but it's really funny. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Also, I feel like um, 
how do I explain this? Like at the end where he's like, he freezes the uh, gooey thing with the uh, mm-hmm. with the fire hydrant, which okay, interesting science there. But uh, they should uh, they should replace every Marvel battle with uh, Scooby Doo with a fire hydrant, fire extinguisher, or a fire. Why was saying fire hydrant? Uh, fire extinguisher, um, and he literally like, surfs on it. And I feel like that's also Zillino canon. Like, that's... I don't know, like... You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like... It's canon to, like, surf on something that's on a surfboard. Mm -hmm. Or skate on something that's on a surf... Or a skateboard. Like, Mm -hmm. in movies. I don't know. Like, it's just... It was, like, the cool thing in the mid-2000s to, like, skate on things. So, like, they thought that'd be marketable. Because I remember seeing that shot in the trailer of Scooby. Yeah. Skating and surfing definitely is a uh, zillennial. I mean, we literally spent like 40 minutes talking about Tony Hawk in the beginning of this episode just because like an eyeball reminded me of Tony Hawk. But I I do like all the like little monsters that are at the end of this movie and like the way they defeat all of them like kind of quickly. Like any, I think maybe, I don't want to say I prefer this to the first movie, but one of the things I do like more about the first, this one than the first movie is the mm-hmm. first movie was i think in a way afraid to fully go like full cartoon like with mm-hmm. Hanna Barbera characters and like monsters like classic monsters because like the expl- explanation to that was like the scrappy dude's doing the whole thing it's more of like a spiritualistic kind of thing on the island um rather than like straight up you know monsters you know but in this movie they're like no it's monsters just straight up monsters like they're just back, like and yeah. I like that. Like I like that they're just like no explanation, no like voodoo or anything behind it. It's just ghouls and goblins and ghosts and zombies and shit. Like it's just all that shit that you love about Scooby Doo in one movie. And the third just act is monsters kind of cool. heart. Yeah, just <laughs> no thoughts, just monsters. Um, yeah, I just love that. That makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, I mean, we already talked about uh, Alicia Silverstone being the uh, Tim Blake Nelson, but it's really... I said girl boss villain. <laughs> girl boss villain. <laughs> also, I was predicting her to be the bad guy while rewatching it, and then, like, that twist got me, I won't lie. Like, when he's on the roof, and she's still talking to Daphne. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what? I'm like, so who is it? <laughs> um... I don't know. Like, I, I thought that was kind of a, just a fun, like, I mean, it's obvious at the end. Like, it almost made me feel stupid for even caring about the plot at the end, because I'm like, of, of course it's him. Like, it had to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel stupid for even trying to think that I would be surprised, but it was still fun <laughs> at the end. Um, so, what I said about the ending is that all movies should end with a musical number exactly like this. Wing um, upon a star, like exactly. How many? But the like the choreography is like so fun. Like it's literally like a Waterloo type deal. Like the end of Mamma Mia, where like the whole cast is just together in one location, just like vibing in like cool outfits. But does Mamma Mia have a CGI dog? I don't think so. Okay. Um, Mamma Mia doesn't have Seth Green either. <laughs> in a sweater vest no it's like really cute and then over the credits like how they have like clips of like the whole cast like in different locations on set like dancing you know yeah yeah i love 
I love stuff like that. That is millennial canon. I love to know that people had a good time making a movie. And when there are musical numbers like that, that, like, kind of break the fourth wall to be like, oh, like, yeah, we were scary monsters in this movie and we were villains, but we had a great time. We were just pretending. Like, they're all just dancing and having so much fun. I think that is cinema. It's almost like a blooper reel. Like, I think... It's better than a blooper reel. I, I like a good blooper reel. Like... I like um, a good blooper reel too, but I think that a dance number is so fun because, especially in like Mamma Mia, um, because in Mamma Mia you can tell that like they legit were having a good time. Like, um, when Meryl is like screaming, like, do you want another one? Like, that's definitely not scripted. Like, they definitely were like sipping. They were taking sippies that day. Kermit, take a sippy. Meryl, um, take a sippy. <laughs> Meryl, take a sippy. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I would be fine with every movie ending. With the- Remember RV? Remember the ending of RV? Yeah, it's like dance slash. Uh, Get your kicks on Route 66. They yeah. all performed. Josh Hutcherson rapped. Like, how hey, could you go wrong? That was our first episode, right? That was our first episode. <laughs> wow. No cry. We should end um, this episode with a musical number, Adam. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'll make a TikTok with you next time we meet up. Okay, yeah, we'll do at a TikTok. Um, or I'll make a TikTok that you do at mine. And then we'll do at that when we're together and dance together. No, heart emoji. I'll just wait until I meet up with you again. Because that gives me like a year or so with Corona. Yeah. To mentally prepare for it. But... <laughs> To mentally prepare for me in real life. To mentally prepare for doing a TikTok with you, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> what dance will we do? Like, you're the TikTok expert. Like, what's the trend right now? We're gonna do the Renegade dance. The Renegade's not... Okay, I don't like how the Renegade is like coming back. Like, And it's all because of that stupid Obama meme. <laughs> you guys want to see my Renegade? <laughs> my Renegade? The one... I think I sent it to you, but like when she's like tied up in her bathroom. So yeah, she- yeah. <laughs> You guys want to see my renegade? Oh my god. Um, I mean, is that it? I mean, I don't think I have anything else to say. I... To... Okay. It's Matthew Lillard, Lillard month, and we didn't talk about Matthew Lillard in this movie. He's great as Shaggy. He's even better in this He's movie. awesome. Yeah. What, what else can we say? Yeah, he's, he's fantastic as uh, Shaggy. He is my Shaggy. Um, if they ever make another live action, Will Forte, video. not my Shaggy. Yeah, again, I like Will Forte, but he was not. I mean, I don't know. Like he, it wasn't. He wasn't the issue of Scoob at the end of the day. Like <laughs> the issue with Scoob was just everything. But Scoob, yeah, the Scoob and just fucking sucked. I know we talk about it every week, but that movie fucking blew. Um, that movie felt like it was like five hours long. I just I remember being really upset Sean paid for that why because <laughs> we wanted to watch it has Sean ever heard of one two three movies um yeah but we were like screen sharing like it was when I wasn't seeing him during quarantine so we were like screen sharing and watching it you no I watched it on one two three it. movies he paid for it because he wanted to watch it on his tv that's what it was okay I mean 
fine. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to get on Sean's case about it, but I, I just feel bad that he had to pay for a scoop because I would I never. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would never pay for I don't think I paid. The only movie I paid for this year, like VOD wise, was uh, Staten Island, even though I got a screener for it. I loved it so much that I wanted to pay for it too. And, uh, I could not tell you one movie I paid for this year, which I feel horrible about, but also I'm like, I didn't work during a pandemic, so. I paid um, for uh, St. Francis, which is a great underrated movie if you haven't seen it. Please watch it. Um, but, yeah, that's a uh, $30 total. Otherwise, no one else got my money this year. Uh, I paid to rent High School Musical the concert. <laughs> I did not. That's also a pirated movie on my part. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. But also, I think everyone in that cast got their royalties properly. Sorry, so Kenny Ortega. Like, I'm not going to feel bad that Disney didn't get my money with that one. Like, I'm I'm fine with that. I just literally couldn't find it anywhere else. I had to look hard. That's, like, the hardest I've ever looked for a movie. It's not even a movie. I think that's why. But, like, that's the roughest it's ever been for me. Um, I paid for, uh... I mean, I paid for all the New York Film Festival stuff I saw... But oh, I did. I did that, pay for a bunch of screeners. Um, yeah, like from uh, film festivals. Like I did AFI and uh, SCAD film festival. Yeah, so I guess that counts. I didn't think of it. Yeah. I did on the rocks and uh, Isabella. I'm seeing on the yeah. rocks on Thursday. I'm excited. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, Nancy Myers altruism, but make it Sofia Coppola. I told I lied to my mom a little bit because I I told her to go with me. And she's huh. like, who who made it? I'm like, do you remember the intern? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it's same person. It's I, said, I said same person. I knew it oh wasn't. Good. Was like, good. Because yeah. I'm like, if it really is Nancy Myers-esque, she's going to love it. So I'm yeah. like, just just trust me. It's cute. It's really cute. Okay. Um, um, well, another week has come and gone without me watching a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I I think at this point I'll pay, like, pay you to watch it. I just, okay. Can you try to watch Tokyo Drift? Listen, it's Halloween now. I'm only watching Halloween movies. No joke. I don't know if that's true. Yeah? Because the last movie that we have... The the last movie we have planned is not a spooky movie, but okay. It's a Halloween movie. It's not, though, is the thing. It is. The climax of the movie takes place around Halloween. This is like the classic Die Hard debate. Like, is it a Christmas movie? Okay, it's a Halloween movie. Like it's Iron Man. I don't Man care 3. about Die Hard. I've never seen Die Hard. That's a movie that you're gonna feel like 2001 with when you finally watch <laughs> it. Because you're gonna be like, oh wait, it's actually really good. Like, I don't think it's gonna be the scariest movie I've ever seen. Scooby like, or Scoob- Die Hard? No, it's Die Hard is just fucking funny and it's awesome. Like it's just Scoob is the scariest movie I've ever seen. Not even me. It's like Scoob 2020 is the exactly. Scariest. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's so um, scary because it's so bad. Ooh. So we're gonna ruin find you, Kira. <laughs> uh, find me on Twitter at garlic emoji. Um, I'm kind of active on TikTok lately, but don't follow me on there because uh, I don't even know what kind of shit I'm gonna post on there. She'd be like, y'all want to see my renegade? <laughs> hey Adam, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler and uh, at the Aggressively Okay podcast where we are still going. We uh, Next week, we have a uh, live commentary of uh, War with Grandpa going up, which honestly 
feels like a Zillennial movie somehow released in 2020 during a pandemic. So, Did you record the commentary in the movie theater? No, we did not. Um, oh, okay. I, uh, well, I, I didn't want to. have it. <laughs> sure. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you off pod. Okay. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, we actually, we just, on the last day of Regal, we just went. Um, no, uh, but yeah, we're recording that soon. It'll be up next week. I just thought I'd plug that one in particular because it feels like the most uh, zillennial appropriate episode. So, yeah. Have fun. Yeah, I'll try. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> that's Matthew Lillard for you. Okay, well, alright. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Hi, this is Beth, and the first thing that I think of when I think of Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed was the time I went to my friend Shauna's house uh, for a sleepover, and we watched it. And while we were watching it, she told me about her Jessica Simpson lotion, which was edible. I don't know if you remember this, but it was literally lotion that you could put on your body, but you also, if you were feeling naughty, it. So now those two things are linked in my memory until I die. Love the show.